Welcome to episode 93 of the Horror Dads podcast. You are joined by your hosts, John and Jamie, and today we are here to get murder-sized. <laughs> I got my leotard on right now, oh, as you man. can see. We interview today two wonderful human beings, Paul Ragsdale and Angie DeAlba of uh, AMP Productions, and they just most recently uh, finished up a film and distributed a film, uh, I think last Saturday is when it came out. Yeah, the premiere. Uh, for the premiere, yeah. And it's called Murder Size, and they've done other feature films such as Streets of Vengeance, Slash Lorette Party. When you interview people, when you meet people for the first time, just in general, I guess, you yeah. just never know what they're going to be like. Angie and Paul are two of the nicest people we've probably met in this venture, and uh, they are creators who just, like, have such this... They just have, like, humble, such a love for what they're making, you know? Humble, like, driven, dedicated yeah. to their craft. And it's amazing yeah. to um, meet and talk to people who are that dedicated to their craft and are creating some really good content. Yeah. So we've, we've got a, a great interview with these wonderful indie filmmakers coming up here. So we're going to do our introductory stuff. We're going to take 10 minutes, 15 minutes here to catch up, do a little bit of banter. If the banter is not your thing and you'd rather jump directly to the interview, Jump down to the show notes. We have timestamps on our little intro segments as well as a timestamp for when our interview with Angie and Paul starts. But before we do that, we're going to catch up like bros because we're brothers. Yes, and bros. Jamie, what have you been watching, man? So I caught up on the new Black Mirror episodes. Oh. Turns out I had not watched the previous season. Oh, okay. So you had a lot. So Black Mirror is what, like three, four episodes a season, I think? It's not very much. It's like three to four. They're long. It's uh, you know, it's like a, almost like a movie each episode. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. But they're it's almost like the European, uh, or the English style of shows. Where like, oh, a new season of Luther. 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 Yeah. Oh, three and a half episodes. Can't cool. wait to spend the next three days with this, and then in two hours you're yeah, like, wait, you're I'm, done. Fuck, I'm done. Uh, yeah, like yeah. Sherlock or whatever that show was. Same deal. Um, so yeah, Black Mirror's done. A lot of people are hating on the new season. I think are I you love it. No, you I think I, oh, I think good. I'm on the uh, love side. Good. So one of the arguments that I've had with people is that it's not actually Black Mirror because Black Mirror is more like when technology goes bad or when you know uh, more sci-fi type of things, which there are that in this in this season. But it also to me is more like Monster of the Weekish, which That's I love. Thing, which dude. I love. Yeah. Yeah. You and I both. That's some X Files like a little more like here, yeah. a little more like horrorish, you okay. know, and it's because maybe they've run out of ideas. I don't know, but give me more horror, yeah, and less sci-fi, and I'm fine. I love sci-fi, but if you're gonna take the sci-fi out and replace it with more horror, I'm in. You're more in. monsters, I'm down. Um, that and I've just been really watching these, yeah, these, these A and P movies, uh, Paul films slash Lorette party i had never seen i know that you had watched it when drew was on yep and then uh streets of vengeance so i'm a big savage streets fan uh with <laughs> linda blair yeah <clears throat> i love these like 80s exploitation because it, it coincides with my love for the dirty like city vibe the that grimy, grimy subway yes yeah, yeah, it totally chuds, coincides the, with that yeah yeah uh you know like the warriors Ripper. and all that shit that's like yeah new york new york gripper Exactly. The almost a giallo type, which we're going to, they're going to mention. Uh, and it turns out that my love for all that is also stuff that was the catalyst for 
for Paul and Angie to make these movies. So it just worked out perfect. Um, so I've just been on that journey of these movies, which they're low budget. They're ridiculous, but they are, again, crafted with love, crafted with a lot of thought and care to the work that uh, inspired it. And it just shows. Yeah, yeah it oozes out of uh, every frame. And if you're a fan of horror, Brian De Palma, apparently, uh, you're going to love uh, their, their work. Yeah. And so I've just been enjoying that journey. Yeah, I did the same. I spent a ton of time with their films this week, rewatched uh, Slash Lorette, checked out Murder Size for the first time, which is available for rent right now. You'll find out where you can do that throughout the course of the interview. Checked out uh, Streets of Vengeance, as we talked about. But I also checked out a couple movie streaming. I watched this movie called The Retreat, a uh, mm. little bit of a cabin-esque sort of uh, couple goes to rent an Airbnb in a remote cabin. And at first I started like embarking on this journey and I was like, is this going to be like a capture and torture sort of thing? Am I going to be out on this? There are definitely elements of that in this movie, but as a person that typically reels away from that sort of thing, I found myself, you know, I, I was okay with this one. I thought uh, it, it was, it was more tasteful and less uh, gratuitous when it came to the actual like torture component, I guess. If, if so it is tortury. Yeah, the, yes. Yeah. I mean, there are elements of that, of that, like, hey, you're a, you're, you've been captured, but similar to like the black phone, like you're captured in that movie, but it's not like a, a torture, torture, What's you know, the... in the movie Fresh, similar thing, like, <sighs> yeah, you're captured and that movie is smart enough to have you like not reel away from it. What is the premise of this one? A couple? Yes. Look, um, there's so many of these nowadays. Yes, and it seems to be, you're trying to identify, through. I don't want to ruin anything, but you're trying to identify the motivation, um, so it's focused on like a same-sex couple, and you're wondering the whole time if the act of violence is because it's a same-sex couple or not, and that, you know, that's like a, uh, a, a theme within the film, so. So it's like a strangers type deal, where like people just show up out of nowhere? No. We don't know. No, you don't want to spoil. Yeah, yeah, it's it's more complex than that. It's it's worth checking out. Do you like, want me to ask more questions, more probing? questions? I don't think I really want to talk about this movie anymore. <laughs> All right, what's next? Like I give it a I give it a five out of ten. It's worth it's a like watch. A casual you, mention. You, I won't shut the fuck yeah. up. Yeah, you're really grilling me on this. But who the, are the actors? There's this uh, other film called Consecration that we Ooh, voted on yeah. for our never seen it for this month on our yeah, Patreon. Yeah. So. Uh, if you want to find out our full thoughts on consecration, did you watch it? I did. Um, head over to our Patreon and check out our thoughts there. I watched it as well, and I will save my thoughts. Yeah, we're not going to talk about it yeah. at all because you can hear exactly what we think mm -hmm. if you sub to the Patreon. All right. So, also, it's been hot as all hell and not raining at all. Yeah, and super dry. So it's been like prime <clears throat> Texas chainsaw weather. Sure, it <laughs> so. has. I did, uh, to my chagrin, I put that on the other day. The original? Yeah, I put on the original. What? I watched the original Town That Dreaded Sundown and the remake Ooh. of Town, Town That Dreaded Sundown. Just, those are, those like hot, so sticky. It, yeah, yeah, they're really, we've never done an episode on, we've done like, I don't know that we've ever done summer. <sighs> we should do, uh. Because you don't, like. The hotter not, the better horror or some shit. Yeah, something like that. Because there are those where like. You can feel them sweating. 
And you're Dude. sweating with them. And that's how, like, Town the Dreaded Sundown is. That first this guy's one. wearing yeah. all denim, and that <clears throat> shirt's long-sleeved. What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. What do you... Have you been buying anything? Got anything Got anything new on the docket here? Yeah, so I actually bought... I know I mentioned this to the Patreon, but I bought this book by Cameron Rubik. It's called uh, Kill River. Yeah. And he's got a whole series. I think this was his first book. Don't quote me on that. Uh, but he's got, like, I think three or four more Kill Rivers that came out in that series. And then he's got um, a couple other books as well. So I'm excited to finish this book. I'm about 105... 108 pages in or something so i'm excited to finish maybe move on to kill river, kill river two and three um and then i think disco golf might be one of the other ones cool uh but either way it seems like he's an up-and-coming author uh he loves this is a so this book kill river is about like a camp in the 80s oh, okay. these so kids it's... go to they're like they're just about aged out of the camp right so they're probably like 14 or 15 you'd probably have to be a counselor after that or something uh, but these kids do not seem like this is their <laughs> cup of tea. It's one of those things where the parents send them, right? Like, we're done with you for the summer. Just go to yeah. camp. And that's a recipe for disaster, right? Because it's like, yes. we're bored. We don't want to be here. So let's cause some problems. So I think the premise here is they escape the camp. Uh, they try to, like, work their way home. But they come across this abandoned water park where apparently this killer stalks. Um, and they just happen upon him, unfortunately. So I haven't gotten to that part of the book yet. I'm really excited to. I just kind of got past all the character building, which was great. Uh, if you love the 80s, if you love 80s slashers, this is a, a, a book that is worth checking out for sure. That's Kill River by Cameron Ruby. Very cool. Yeah, and we also both, we received a wonderful care package from our buddy, Matty Tobin. He sent us a couple vinyls uh, for Southbound, which oh, dude. was a movie we spoke about on our last episode on Road Trip Horror. Yeah, artwork's amazing. Vinyl's amazing. Maddie's amazing. He's a good buddy of ours, and uh, we love him dearly, and we love this dearly. So thank you, man. I also picked up the newest Resident Evil video game. Oh wow, which the, one is that? The, the village? village? Yeah, I haven't How played is it yet. It? Oh, I I bought it today. Yeah, yeah. And this actually goes into my family thing. But before I hit my family thing, I I watched uh, or I didn't watch. I bought on Prime Day. I was okay. hunting for some, I was, I was like, I'm getting a horror 4k because I haven't purchased one yet. I have a couple, but like, since I got my PlayStation, it wasn't handpicked yeah. for 4k. Yeah. So I, the, the, the pickings were slim, but I, I pull it up and there's this beautiful lost boys edition on oh, there in 4k shit. and it has the cover of them hanging from the. That, I love from that the cover, dude. Yeah. Pick that up. So that's wow. uh, one thing I got. How much? Uh, I think it was originally 30 and on Prime Day it was like 15 or wow. something. So it was like wildly. For 4K. Yes. So. Damn, dude. Yeah. Prime Super Day. Pumped about that. Indeed. But let, let, me, let me touch on my family thing real quick. Sure. And we'll, we'll hit that segment. Yeah. So went to the exchange today. Or maybe this was yesterday. I it must love be the exchange. I took the kids with me. Because oh, nice, though. I, well, yes. Yeah. I took the kids with me, and then they were fascinated by this concept of, like, so you can just buy any, and I was like, yeah, this is what it was like going to a video store. And they're like, yeah, okay, we're fucking tired of you trying to explain to us Shut what a video store is. Shut the fuck up yeah. about it, Dad. Yeah. And I'm trying to like, <laughs> it's that thing, right, where it's like, no, sometimes you have to walk to school and sometimes it's wet outside, right? And you're like over-dadding it. And I'm like, okay, and down this row and 
they're kind of looking at me like we fucking get it man like there are movies here there are video games here and but they had this huge like pop uh funko pop section oh yeah and they were totally fixated on that and luna my younger one kept finding like little little horror icons and pointing them out and stuff and it was just a kind of a sweet little moment and pretty enjoyable and i'm glad that we still have a little bit of a physical media kind of shop to to reside in and 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 do that you know yeah it is nice i i took the kids to the mall i mentioned this before and we went to fye and they had all these like <laughs> yeah little horror things you know um and just like all this stuff that like i don't i don't know about you but i don't shop as much as i used to i wish i did i yeah. just don't um so it's like it was nice to get out there and put my hands on like horror stuff and not just browse for it on amazon yeah you know? yeah for sure uh so what about you anything family related you want to mention no not really um nothing that stands out but i've been trying to sell my older son on uh watching i know what you did last summer Ooh, because i feel like that's perfect for him he liked scream so he loves scream yeah. i was like no you don't understand it's the guy that uh, made scream he's like so is it exactly like scream I was like, well, kind of, sort of, think Slicker and Hook. Uh, he's like, do I have to guess who? And I said, yes, <laughs> yeah. sort of, yes. And uh, you're going to be pretty bummed out when you when the reveal happens because it's not someone that you thought it would be. <laughs> exactly. But I do think that that's a type of movie that's approachable for a younger, you know, there's not too much yeah. uh, to- sex and violence. That, the violence is toned down. That's the part that's hard, man. The Honestly, it's like it's the relationship. Oh, there's parts. a throat slashing. That's totally fine. Dry humping out. Get out. Skip it. So, what are you wearing right now, man? Oh, dude, I got a um, Matt Pepler. I uh, got the green horror sticker. The speaking of VHS, the VHS horror sticker uh, T-shirt that he did, which I love. So I had a different shirt on, and then typically we record over at my house in uh down in the studio but i uh it was stupid enough to uh commit to a softball tournament tomorrow so jamie you you were kind enough to say you know what i'll take the kids tonight so as part of that bargain i'm over your place i have all my stuff it's 156 degrees up in your uh, office so i have my horror dad's tank top it's very hot in my office this is where i work every day this is why i'm a grumpy prick at work (laughs) so if Uh, you've been on the phone with jamie while he's working he's sorry and this is why but i'm sweating so fuck you. All right. A couple quick plugs and then we will get to what you're here for, which is our Angie and Paul episode. So plugs, a couple new patrons we need to welcome. Yes. Uh, Larry Cerise. Larry. Uh, longtime buddy. He and I went to high school together. I've yeah. known him over two decades, which is a wild thing. So uh, Larry, I know you've been listening to the show for a while. Appreciate you joining, man. Um, and I hope that... Uh, you still have that white minivan that you used to drive in high school. Thanks it. so much, buddy. The one memory I have of Larry is coming over your house in Canfield where you live now. Uh, your parents owned at the time. And you were like, hey, Larry brought his uh, external hard drive. So uh, let's load up on music while he's here. <laughs> and and uh, uh, for our friends that listen and work for the FBI, this was all legally purchased music. It was all legally purchased. I think uh, we got the new Let Live album from him back when the new oh, Let Live the album came out. Yeah. yeah. So, Larry, thanks, man. We appreciate you joining. Uh, also, Zach Ernst is back. So, Zach, Zach. welcome back, man. Uh, we love you. We love your support. And both Larry and Zach have been super active um, on our Patreon, on our Discord channel for patrons. So, if you're oh interested my God, yeah. 
and being like Larry and Zach, we've got a, a Patreon, a $5 tier, a $10 tier. Sign on up. Uh, you get access to bonus content, access to our Discord server. A lot of great conversation, a lot of great friendship. Uh, a lot of fun happens in yeah, there. Yeah, if you're one of those people who loves chatting online, chatting about horror, chatting with new friends, uh, the our Discord channel is it's grown beyond what we ever imagined it would be. It's a great um, community. Great participants, and it's a lot of fun. So think about it. Think about it. And also, if you're looking to support, please head over to horrordads.com. We've got tons of merch on there. You can get a koozie. You can get a tank top. Be like me and sweat your ass off in Jamie's office. Be a little less hot. Come on in. Yeah. It's you, a Patreon perk. <laughs> you can get a <laughs> you can get a, a t-shirt. So please consider horrordads.com. Follow us on social media. We're on all channels, including the new threads. But Instagram is our primary channel. And uh, were you going to say, hit us with a five-star review on Apple Music and Spotify. Apple Podcasts is what Jamie means. <laughs> so, yeah, please also consider leaving us a review. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, five stars goes a very long way. We appreciate the support. We love you all. And I think. Here we go. I need to get my uh, brightly colored singlet on. Get stretching. Get my aerobics band. Angie and Paul, we're coming! <laughs> And action. Five, six, seven, eight, and strut. We are going to make a fortune with this video. Video's gonna fly off the shelf. Oh, yeah. Candy is showing her nether regions to the camera. We're not making a porn, are we? Uh, uh, this is what the audience wants, kid. I care about fitness. I care about the health of our children and the obesity rate in our country. Where did Gino get this square? <laughs> <laughs> No one respects me. You're the boss, right? They don't want to listen to you? Persuade them. Smack them around a bit. That's what my dad does. It's your show, man. I'll do the dance. You just got to show me the moves. The streets are a dangerous place for a young lady these days. She'll be safe in here with me. Welcome to episode 93 of the Horror Dads podcast. We are thrilled to be joined by Paul Ragsdale and Angie DeAlba of AMP Productions. So uh, hey. Paul and Angie are our new friends. They're filmmakers. Jack of all trades. We were like running through our, our uh, little uh, checklist of all the things they do related Writer, to films. Producer, but yeah. director. Yeah. All they of do it. it all. Yeah. Editors. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, guys. Welcome in, guys. Oh, oh, thank you guys thank for having you. us. Thanks for having well, us. We're uh, we're really excited about having you guys on. We've been uh, watching your movies for the past, I don't know, three, four days. Yeah. And uh, just <laughs> laughing and smiling. And yeah, I feel like I've been on mushrooms. I've just been smiling so hard. <laughs> <laughs> and I think... They have the, that effect. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the relevance here, though, that the timeliness of this is you both had a, a movie drop this past week, it had its world premiere last uh, Saturday, right? Uh, and yes. This is yes. the the long-awaited murder size. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. A lot of people have been waiting for this movie. Finally, it made its premiere. Um, we are working on the Indiegogo perks right now, and right now it's up for rental. That's really the only place uh, you can watch it right now, New Village Video. 
And um, pretty soon, though, it will be to come to streaming channels, like probably late August, early September. Yeah, unless people got in on the Indiegogo campaign, then they got the link to watch the movie right? Yeah. already. I know we had at least one Patreon member who uh, was on the Indiegogo campaign, was super pumped about the movie coming out. So, yeah, yeah at least one. Oh, sweet. oh, I love that. Yeah, we've been pumping That's it up cool. uh, in, our, in our Patreon chat the past... Uh, past few days here people are people are pumped people are psyched about yeah this. we had introduced oh, um we did an episode with drew marvick we introduced pool party massacre to yeah. um, on our show and like a lot of people were you know it was the first time they had been introduced to it and loved it so it kind of opens up a whole awesome. new world of what you like as far as filmmaking right like once you yeah. see a movie like that and you realize you're into it then it opens up a whole new world of murder size and streets of vengeance and just all that good stuff <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Yeah, man. Yeah. No, yeah, that's why we appreciate this, you know, coming, yeah. on, yeah. coming on here. I love well, that. So you guys are indie filmmakers through and through. It seems like you love this aspect of of, of what it is that you do and your, your films. You have to very, love it, right? Yeah, there's you such a... You couldn't do this without loving it. Very incredibly specific style to it. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. And so I guess, like, what, what propelled this? Like, what was your springboard? What was your trampoline that was like, we want to do this? Because this is one of those things where it's like, there so much goes into this, and when people watch low budget movies, they're like, "Oh yeah, they didn't give a shit." And it's like, "No, those people care more than anyone could <laughs> yes. ever understand." That's what because, you don't get. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 We're, we're well aware of that. Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, like you know, I've always wanted to be a filmmaker. Um, so like, I went to you know film school and in, in uh, junior but college it was before that. You, you, he was making movies when he was a kid. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was making monster movies and stuff, like on VHS, like actual VHS with my aunt's video camera, me and my cousins and stuff. And, you know, we just mess around, just do like silly stuff. But then I started taking it seriously, like in high school and like, yeah, I actually wanted to be like a real filmmaker and stuff. So went to Medusa Junior College uh, out here, film class. Uh, so I met Angie. She was taking the film class as well. Um, and that's where, you know, we came, you know, started doing it as students, you know. And, um, you know, we fell in love and everything and uh, we got together, a relationship. This is amazing. And then uh, eventually, you know, I was able to buy my own camera like years later um, once like HD cameras became more uh, affordable. Me and my brother went in on halves on a camera um, and I just started shooting music videos for him at first. Like he had these like indie artists that wanted videos and stuff. Yeah. And then eventually it was just like, you know, what, we need to make a movie of our own. Um and Angie came on as an actor at first, producer, uh, helping out with like wardrobe and stuff, stuff that I don't know anything about, you know. <laughs> and uh, and I think that really lends to like our, our movies. You talked about like our kind of our style, like that I have a female partner helping make these movies, producing, art direction, wardrobe. Uh, I think that's what makes us, you know, stand apart, you know. And uh, she has that eye attention, eye for detail, and um, also. I would also say she has the uh, drive to finish stuff because uh, as a filmmaker, I've run to a lot of filmmakers that just don't finish things, you know, and on my first feature, you know, I wanted to throw in a towel. I was like, man, this shit mm. is too hard. You know, <laughs> we made a feature film called Cinco de Mayo. And uh, I was like, damn, this is way too hard. We're trying way too hard to make this holiday horror slasher movie. And Angie was like, no, no, we got to keep on going. Just finish it. Even though it may look, you know, kind of, you know, shoddy, kind of crappy, whatever. <laughs> the acting may not be there or whatever, but just got to finish it. Yeah. And I'm so glad we did because, um, you know, it's a slippery slope when you don't finish stuff. And um, the fact that we finished the first one we did, 
that's what helped us continue on and to make Murder Size now, which is our sixth the catalyst. Feature. Yeah. So two things. One, you just told Angie you loved her without actually saying it, and that was the most beautiful story <laughs> I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> and I feel like I love both of you now. But Aww. the so I, love you too, bro. I know. Thank you. That was like that was such an amazing like in the fact that you guys met in film school. That just like yeah, yeah I'll float around this room like a bat right now. Like, <laughs> I uh, felt like I was like, listening to the transcript for like Dawson's Creek. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all in. That was amazing. Yeah. Hey, cue the song. Oh, like, I don't want to yeah. wait. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Urban legend. Yeah. Uh, but so Cinco de Mayo is that the one that won an award? Was the first film that you guys made, or was that one of the the, the second one? Was yeah, the first feature that mm-hmm. we made. Yeah, it did win an award. It won like a oh, local yeah. a local film. Well, two. It won oh, two yeah. two awards at yeah. local film festivals around here in, yeah, in the right. Cal- Northern oh. California. That is awesome. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So that was cool. And, um, you know, it's how the, do you know that? <laughs> and so that was cool. And that's the first one I got, like, you know, like distribution and stuff and uh, with all of films. And, um, you know, that was great. You know, like, like, like I said, you know, we just wanted to finish that. We really didn't have any other higher hopes for it just because it was a back, you know, a really low budget. I mean, say low budget. I mean, like no budget. Yeah. Really no budget, like $200, $300, yeah. something like that. Pretty much. It was just pizzas for yeah. people yeah. to eat. Food. Um, so yeah, and we made it to a feature though, you know, we, we, we made it into a feature and, you know, we put our stamp on it, which would become, you know, more apparent later, but like, um, you know, I grew up with USA up all night. So it has that wraparound of all night long, like a fake all night long, uh, TV show, which Streets of Vengeance also has. Um, so that's where it started. And, uh, we really started just digging into like the niche or, or at least I started to try to expose people to. You know what I grew up with and what I loved, which is like you know the low budget horror, um, kind of fun, campy, yeah, yeah, over the top horror movies that I would watch as a kid. We never so. thought anyone would see Cinco de Mayo or really anything that we make. We're like, oh, this will be cool. We'll mm-hmm. make this stuff and we'll show our friends and yeah. family, and it's they'll be crazy like, oh, too great. how that happens. And then before you know it, you're like, wait a minute, someone in Canada watched uh my movie or someone in Canada listened yeah. to my podcast you're like how did that oh, yeah. happen yeah like what I mean this then, whole thing yeah. kind of started as a joke because I mean we did make movies because we wanted to for fun but then I was telling Paul like this movie is so bad we should submit it to film festivals <laughs> and see like we should submit it to distribution company and like see what they say and I was expecting them to be like hell no this is the worst thing we've ever seen but surprisingly we got offers for it to stream or a screen mm-hmm. at different places. Yeah. And we also got an offer for distribution. And we were like, this movie is so bad. Like, how? <laughs> how? How? Who watched it? Someone out there watched it. I, I don't know. It, it blew our minds. And we're like, yeah. wait a minute. Maybe there's possibilities that we have not considered. I yeah. mean, what started as kind of like a joke, it's kind of snowballed now yeah, <laughs> into something for sure. else. For sure. It's so awesome. What so? What kind of uh, inspiration drove the production of of the sets of films that you've done? So I know, and I guess like especially Streets of Vengeance, that's not straight horror, right? so that's mm-hmm. that has more of like a crime thriller esque kind of like Tarantino yeah, sort yeah. of vibe to it. Yeah, cr- Exploitation, yeah. grindhousey a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess is. And the answer doesn't have to be cut and dry. It's not like John Carpenter is my favorite director, and that's why I make movies. But like, is there? Was there a huge motivator or are there a set of motivators that have led to like uh, dust up the cloud that is AMP Productions? That's funny you mentioned John Carpenter. 
um, when I was doing, uh, when we were making Cinco de Mayo, um, that was the first time we made, well, I'll say this. When I was in film school, I was like the typical film snob. He was you know? so I wanted to be, I only liked Tarantino <laughs> movies, Scorsese movies, uh, Christopher Nolan movies. I liked foreign films, French New Wave movies. You know, I, I totally disavowed my my horror upbringing when I was in film school. Like so I didn't snobby. have nothing to do with that. You don't even know. It's like he holding a stand up thinking about snob. it too. <laughs> I love you it. had to I mean? have subtitles. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I, like I totally, you know, like I said, disavowed my, my upbringing. You know, I, I didn't talk about return of the living dead or monster squad with anybody, you know, I didn't talk about that stuff. So it was like only after film cool. school, you know, getting back into like touching my roots and stuff and be like, yeah, you know, I love those movies. I watch those movies. Why don't I try it? And I remember my cousin saying, oh, you know, because um, we he always knew I wanted to, what type of filmmaker I wanted to be. Um, and I told him I was doing this holiday horror slasher movie. And he was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. You know, like, you know, it, you're kind of you should follow in the footsteps like John Carpenter, you know, like just do a bunch of different genre pieces, you know, mm-hmm. you know like Assault on Precinct 13. And, you know, they live, you know, just like action movies, thrillers and stuff. Yeah. And at the time, I'd be like, no, nah, I don't know yeah, if that's that's for me. Is. After this, I think I want to get back to, to something else. And, you know, and for what it's worth, we did make a couple of other features that were like you know, French New Wave or like narco, like action movies and stuff. Yeah, Italian New Wave, shit like that. But it's Mm -hmm. like these 80s inspired horror thriller movies. These are the ones that are really catching on. These are the ones that have been the most popular and they've been the most fun to make, uh, to be honest. So I think, um, yeah, I mean, like John Carpenter definitely is an inspiration as far as like just following like genre. Um, Brian De Palma too, I've, I've gained a huge amount of respect for for yeah. directors like that who just try different genres and really they have a niche you know like Brian De Palma definitely has a niche you know I mean Dress to Kill was a big inspiration for Streets of Vengeance you know just to to talk about that um so yeah we love to well I love I have a newfound respect for the genre filmmakers you know it was before it's like more auteurs but they are auteurs you know they yeah. are auteurs and you know they definitely are so we also have a twist of uh, robert rodriguez because sure. he's uh independent and notorious for his humble beginnings mm-hmm. and yeah. do it was, yourself yeah the diy lifestyle uh, his 10 minute film schools which we watched mm-hmm. in college in film classes and we we're like wow this uh Mexican broke Mexican guy. That's us. Like mm-hmm. we could probably make movies too on the cheap if we, you know, yeah. just commit to it and you you get resourceful. Mm-hmm. So he was a huge source of inspiration as, as well as the huge. type of movies that he made. I mean, who didn't love Desperado? It's like yeah, right. It's got everything. It has action. It's got Salma yeah. Hayek. I mean, mm-hmm. come on. <laughs> yeah, dust Facebook, from from Dust Till Dawn. I mean, yeah, yeah, Dust Till Dawn. So he was a huge inspiration to us as well. And when he did the combination movie. The double feature with Tarantino. Yeah. And they, had, they had that uh big trailer for yeah. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Or, well, it's called Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, yeah. Thanksgiving. So we uh were watching that and we were like, this is so ridiculous. Like uh I'm surprised no one's we started talking about like holiday themed trailers and uh holiday themed horror films, and we're like, I'm surprised nobody's done one for Cinco de Mayo. Like mm-hmm. it, it's surprising that's not been done yet. And we like looked it up to see if it's been done. And we're like, nobody's done anything with that. Wow. And we're like, oh, we should make a fake trailer just for fun. Yeah. And we're like, yeah, we should do it before Robert Rodriguez does it. Yeah. 
So that was, that was like, the actual inspiration. That was the actual inspiration. Before Robert Rodriguez. Like, Robert to get the to punch. it before. Yeah, yeah before yeah. he does. I love that. So it started out as a fake trailer, and then we're like, actually, this kill would be funny, mm-hmm. and this scene would be funny, and it just mm-hmm. got bigger and bigger, and they're like, before we'll just turn it, it yeah. into like, a short film. And he does not know what short film means, so yeah. it just kept getting longer, <laughs> longer, longer. Yeah. It turned into a feature with on accident. Yeah. It, it was supposed to be a goofy, fake trailer just to you know fool around but ended up becoming a feature film that got and then we sent it for the film festivals and distribution as a joke and then Mm -hmm. it got accepted and we're like Mm -hmm. this entire art film career is all based on a joke that we that just got went took too far just having the nerve to try we never expected i mean we had already made some films prior to that but we were so serious we're Mm -hmm. like we're making italian like Mm -hmm. classy style black and white Mm -hmm. and nobody cared nobody cared about those (laughs) But this this uh, Cinco de Mayo one is the one that got us somewhere. And yeah. we're like, this movie? Mm-hmm. This is the I one that, that people watched and got us like... Well, the a, horror audience you know, is the best. Friends and stuff. I lo- so I, yeah, I love that. Off of the trailer to feature, is that what happened with Slash Lorette Party from Streets of Vengeance? Yes. So did you yes. guys have, when, yeah. you, yes. when you made that trailer, were you planning on then eventually making Slash Lorette Party? Or was it just like, no. you know what? Yeah. No, no not we, at all. That's just, that's why it's called slash lorette. It sounds so goofy. Like yeah. slash lorette. Yeah. Like yeah. what is that? <laughs> Try we, spelling we, it. We were, it's tough. Yeah. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. We were coming up with the movie for the fake trailer. We're like, oh, it'd be so fun to insert some fake trailers in there. And we thought of like, okay, what's the craziest, like cheesiest eighties thing we can think of? And we're like, oh, everybody loves like cabin in the woods kind of thing. Mm, yeah. So we were trying to make something really ridiculous that hadn't been made but it could have been made in the 80s and so we were coming up with this idea and we're i remember when we were talking about titles and we were like oh it should be like a bachelorette party because mm-hmm. everybody loves like beautiful girls and they're all like woo, and it's like uh 80s styled and it's cabin and it has everything we're like basically give people like everything they would want to see in a movie mm-hmm. it's a bunch of pretty girls in danger with a crazy killer it's mm-hmm. in the woods in a cabin and so it was yeah. purely yep. purely there's focused some... on like the setup so like... and we had no intentions of making it into a real movie that's so. awesome there's <laughs> legitimate like story development in that in that movie though yeah. like it 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 gets in there toward the end because at the Dude, onset you look at it there and you're like end, yeah. oh i know what's gonna happen here yeah and it's not what no. happens there. The, yeah. the psychological element is. is I was is also cool. in, impressed by that because you're right. It's like, all right, well, I know what this is. And then you're like, wait, no, I don't. Wait a minute. What? Yeah. Yes. I, I wanted. The, the, oh, sorry. No, go ahead, Angie. I was going to say the trailer started out as purely like yes. fun and crazy and predictable. Like, because we, again, we had no intentions of making the movie. But for years afterwards, People were like, when are you going to make that? Like, yeah, we really want to see it. Slash Lit Party. And we're like, no. Well, I kept saying, I don't want to make that movie. Yeah. So, <laughs> so silly. Like, I have nothing to offer yeah. with that. But then um, finally, Paul's like, I really think we should make it. Like, people really want to see that. And I was like, okay. The only way we can make it is if there's some real depth to the story. Yeah. If it's not predictable. 
I want to be more involved with like the killers and like who mm-hmm. they are as people. Mm-hmm. And I don't want it to be just some stereotypical, like he's a freak and he just came yeah. to kill people. Yeah. So yeah. there was more development in the story than people expected. And we still wanted it to make it fun. So you don't have to take it so seriously. If you just want to enjoy like a cabin in the woods slasher, you can, yeah. but if you want something a little bit more with some actual depth with the characters and the killers and whatnot, then that's there too. If you wanted to dig a little deeper into it. Yeah. yeah. We were just talking about something recently where we had that exact same description, which was, I I can't remember the film. So this is like a speculative, stupid thing to bring up at this point and (laughs) unsubstantiated because I can't remember the movie, but we were discussing why it was such a good movie. And we were talking about at face value. It's like, Hey, this is creepy. It's good. It's got, uh, cool kills and you don't have to think that much but if you do want to think that much it's also very complex and it has that element too and you can you can do either with it with this uh yeah. so yeah. that's what this is yeah. yeah so i wanted to ask real quick we don't have to drag it on too far if you don't want but i wanted to ask so like you think of an idea for a movie what's the process like um and you guys have to obviously love the filmmaking process as a whole but what are each of your roles when it comes to the movie making and then has that changed from first film to sixth film? Like, Angie, have you taken on more, uh, you know, like, how has that worked? Ooh, that's such a good question. I think our process has kind of evolved over the years, but it, the, the real bones of it have remained the same. Yeah. I think Paul is really more the idea concept guy. So he's drawing on a lot of the mm-hmm. inspirations he had as, as, from childhood. Even though we were both 80s kids, I wasn't allowed to watch scary mm-hmm. horror slasher stuff. So I've not seen really many scary things. I know that's crazy considering that now I make yeah. it, but I don't really have that background. Like he does. He can name like any director who did the cinematography and who did the music. He knows. That's all, why it's, that's why it's fun to show her he knows all that stuff. now yeah. to catch her up, you know, like yeah, showing awesome. her child play for the first time and like, Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, showing her the classics. So, yes. you know, I can watch them through her eyes, you know, for the yeah. first time again. So it's really cool. <laughs> so he's more of like the concept person. He'll come up with like, oh, I want to make an idea that's like an homage to mm-hmm. Killer Workout. Or I want to make an homage to, you know, Dress Death, to Kill. Death, Death Spa. Spa. Yeah, Death yeah. Spa. <laughs> Death Spa, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And even though I've never seen any of those movies, well, all he... he has to do is show me like a trailer or a couple of photos. I'm like, I know exactly the vibe. And yeah. then then we'll start talking about characters together and like where the story should go and what would be funny. And I think part of why our movies are a little bit unexpected to people is because he's bringing like the nostalgia and like what people want to see as far as like kills and that kind of over the top ideaness, but I'm bringing like something that's not typically seen in horror because I don't really have that background. Mm-hmm. So there's always like some weird little twist. It's like, Oh, it is a slasher movie, but they're also discussing like interesting topics as well. If you want to go that route and think about that stuff, if not, you could keep it surface level and it's just a fun, crazy slasher. Yeah. What but, kind of comedy do you guys watch? Because I feel like there's a lot of comedy in yeah. in here and it always hits like as I as I mentioned and we'll we'll do a little bit of a deeper dive on the murder size just to make sure there's enough uh discussion around it as it's as it's as it's uh entering the world here, but I my face hurt because I was laughing my ass off for so long <laughs> while I was watching that movie. And there is and it's not like just like 
slapstick stupid, stupid humor yeah. it, there's legitimately yeah. like the right it's fun, like the writing and the delivery is funny and you could tell that has to do with the direction of like no no try it again but say it this way like this is gonna land mm-hmm. trust me uh yeah. so yes. like what kind of comedy do you guys want do you watch comedy at all or of course oh, sure. yeah oh, sure. definitely i mean i grew up on you know abbott and costello meet the wolf man yeah. frankenstein yeah, yeah. you know those are like what started it but i mean you know as far as like comedy is like you know i I do like spoofs. I grew up on parodies, you know, like the Naked Gun movies, Police Academy movies, Spaceballs. you know, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Spaceballs. Spaceballs. So, like, I've always had a love for, you know, those type of movies and, the, the, you know, the classic Looney Tunes cartoons and The Simpsons, a really big impact on our humor. Yeah. Um, yeah Kids Simpsons. in the Hall, Saturday Live, stuff like that. So, I've always, I actually, when I was like, younger, I wanted to be part of like a comedy yeah. sketch. Yeah. Uh, kind of show you know yeah like i wanted to i I, well i mean i kind of did like me and my cousins we actually had our own like sketch show that we would shoot with our high camera and stuff (laughs) so i always had a love for that and um as far as the horror movies go you know the ones that do blend comedy were always i was just more attracted to as well like return to living dead or return to living dead part two you know monster squad stuff like that man um so like when we like when we talk about the movie with the actors someone like drew or like jessa who like were very comedic just naturally yeah um they know how to turn it up you know yeah. like especially i mean there's a scene you know obviously it's become an infamous scene already it hasn't been out that long but between drew and jessa when they're in a, a room together alone and they're just going <laughs> back and forth and uh that whole thing you know we love it's improv it's partly in the script but when we met together at the at our hotel, like when they when we flew them in, we got to go over that scene together, and he started just to add stuff and like yeah yeah say this or say that, uh, try this you know call him a dummy you know like you know this is the way she does it you know so like we love that kind of stuff like just um, actors nice. improv and, and you know trying yeah. to be clever. I think know, those were like uh, inspos from childhood. I think as adults more we're inspired by like sketches that we see on like snl and mm, like yeah, anything yeah. bill Hader, anything fred armison like those guys mm. and their delivery their commitment to the ludicrousness of it i think yeah. we die laughing at that. yeah. so that's something that's, that's so funny true. to us like portlandia and documentary yeah. now yes, the, the, documentary their style now. of humor is yeah just so anything they do we just like crack up when there's something that's supposed to be done in seriousness but there's total commitment to it like they are trying to play it serious but it's absolutely absurd Uh, that always gets us and it works since our sense of humor is like pretty identical it's Mm -hmm. very kind of sarcastic and dry but also so over the top and ridiculously that it's obviously a joke but Mm -hmm. sometimes um people don't no understand the way his delivery is when he tells jokes because he does it so deadpan and serious that people are like is he a dick or is he like really funny <laughs> a little bit of that a little bit a little of bit of, <laughs> a little bit of smirk when you said it too <laughs> and it's funny that you say this specifically in being horror dads my <laughs> oldest my eight-year-old uh the other day i think i was driving her over here um one afternoon and she was asking me uh she had just watched matilda and Danny DeVito plays the dad in Matilda in the movie. And she said, uh, <laughs> and we're trying to work on like, those are actors. Those aren't real people. Right. Like she's eight, yeah. still wrapping our minds around yeah. this. Don't know why, but we're working on it. Oh, yeah. So she says, uh, <laughs> he's just so mean, but he's, is he dead? And I was like, what? She said, is he dead in real life? And I was like, no, he's not dead. And she's like, well, is he a nice guy? And then I was like, 
how the hell do you describe Danny DeVito to somebody? Because he like he's an Academy <laughs> Award winning actor that was in an incredibly <laughs> prolific film. And now he does It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which is hilarious. Right. But again, and I'm trying to like describe Frank Reynolds to her. And I was like, that's that's not doing any justice. Uh, and uh, yeah. I found myself completely lost. And it was like a balloon popped. And I was like, I can't. I, I don't have any context for this. I, I can't describe Danny DeVito to you. I don't know if he's nice or not in real life. Yeah. I would say Arnold Schwarzenegger's his twin brother. Yeah. yeah, they're twins. Exactly. They are <laughs> twins. Identical twins. I love that movie. Um, exactly. So let's talk a little bit about uh, process. And uh, well, we talked a little bit about like Inception, but to pull mm-hmm. these kinds of productions off, we feel like, and this is just us saying this, please correct us if we're wrong, if we're wrong, but we feel like you would have to have like an incredible network that you can pull on because there's been a, a, a recurring theme. You know, when you watch like old, old movies and you, you see like, oh, clearly like this Clint Eastwood movies where yeah, it's always the same actors in there this production stuff. company yeah. signed contracts with yeah. five people at the same time. And you see all these people recurring in movies. Um, we feel that, yeah. but in this sense, it probably feels like, Hey, we love working together and this is a lot of fun. Right. So, um, yeah, how, oh, for sure. How is it, for the actors? Yeah. Yeah. Or even like, is it beyond the acting? Is it, do you have the like production editors team. or produ- yeah. yeah. Like how, how did that come together and how important is that in the process? Yeah. It's very, it's very important. We, we do treat our film, uh, actors, crew members, like a family, you know, uh, we started off with like a lot of the people, same recurring people, you know, that would just be like in like four of our movies, like in a row. Yeah. Um, so I build that family community, you know, thing together. It started out as necessity, honestly, because where we are, it's pretty small community mm-hmm. and the acting pool is not that big. So there's not a lot of people out there that are like, I want to be an actor and I'm going to commit to something a, a big, like a, like a feature film or something. Mm-hmm. So we had found some people that were interested in acting and they were like, okay, great. On our first project, they had so much fun. And they're like, if you do something else, I'm in. Call me. Yeah. That's amazing. What was important to us was like, they have to be like nice. They have to be a kind person. They have to be respectful to the people that they're working with because we don't want any kind of like diva stuff or any rude, like no assholes allowed. Um, and we just got lucky that a lot of the people we worked with just had such a fun time that the word of mouth spread and they were like, Oh, you guys, Hey, fellow actors. Cause a lot of them were taking acting classes or doing plays. So they would go tell their castmates like, Oh my gosh, these guys are making movies. If you can do a movie with them, you should. It's so fun. Yeah. So then word of mouth kind of started spreading around here. And um, now we just get to choose around here. Like, who are the people that we loved working with as far as they're talented and they're kind and funny and, mm-hmm. and we know they're going to bring a, an enthusiasm and, and they've stuck with us from, there's some people that stuck with us from the beginning yeah, and other people. Very, very few, but yeah, very, very two. few, but a lot of them, you know, it, they want to continue on, but life takes them in other directions. Some people yeah. like moved out of state or yeah. they got married yeah. and they had kids and they don't have as much time or a lot of people switch jobs and now their hours are weird and they can't like sync up with us or there's yeah. a lot of different reasons. So there's a lot of people that we still would love to work with, but timing and scheduling is, is tough. But 
our most favorite people um, that can make it work will still make it work. And mm-hmm. um, we started out as like, this is the ca- the crew. Like it was just me and Paul for the longest time in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So Paul would do camera work. We would write everything together. Paul would do the camera work. I would do the, the audio and hold the microphone and then we would like edit together. And then, so that was it. That was the That's crew. Incredible. What is a writing yeah, session like did. for you guys? Is it like, let's order takeout and yeah. get to writing or is it like wake yeah. up in the morning? And we, did, we did three features that way. Yeah. We did three you know? feature films that way and a few short films that way. And then with streets of vengeance, we're like, okay, I think we want to challenge ourselves to get like a little bigger mm-hmm. and a little more serious and we need help. Because we can't both of us like yeah. be behind equipment, working uh, full time jobs, and, and, like, and, yeah. and talk to the actors and do all the other stuff. Yeah. So that's when we brought in our college friend, who we also went to film class with, uh, Dan Zampa. Mm-hmm. So we went to college together, and Dan had kind of like gone off and his done his own work in in the film industry, doing like marketing commercials and stuff like that. I hope that's accurate. Yeah, corporate but, videos. Yeah, corporate videos. Mm-hmm. And he was looking to get back into filmmaking and doing mm-hmm. like creative, like more fun kind of stuff. So yeah. we were like, oh, perfect. So he dedicated his free time to us. And so the three of us became a little crew unit. And yeah, since then, it was just the three of us for a couple projects. So it was the three of us for Streets, Streets of Vengeance, Vengeance and Slash Party. Party, Nighttime Creatures. Mm-hmm and um the fake trailers mm-hmm. so it was just the three of us and then for murder size it was just going to be the three of us again uh but dan had to move he moved and he got like this new position which was a super great opportunity for him he shot the first scene for murder size and he's like oh no my new schedule is it's not gonna like think up mm-hmm. and we're like oh crap so we kind of re- fell back on another film friend that we had from college and it was carlos and his girlfriend Gabby does audio, so we're like, wait, we just got two people. So our crew has expanded to four people. It's yep. me, Paul, Carlos, and Gabby. And so that's it for crew. Yeah. Well, and the- we want to expand even more for the next one because in the next one, I mean, it's been a trend since Streets of Vengeance and through Slash Air Party. We started working with more people from outside of our community, outside of our state. You know, um, like that's the first time we were with Drew Marvick and Ginger Lynn. Well, Ginger Lynn, the first time was Streets of Vengeance. And then we brought in some models and stuff. And they weren't from Modesto, California. And then it was last year, our party brought in Drew Marvick again, or brought him back for the first time, brought back Ginger uh, again from uh, Streets of Vengeance. And then with Murder Size, brought even more people from the outside yeah. of the, in Drew, the indie. Brought back Ginger, but then we added Jessa and we added Kansas. Kansas. But since we've been able to expand slowly over the years, our Indiegogo campaigns have grown each project. So now with this one, we raised enough money that we're like, oh, we can actually pay people to fly here that are in this community. They're doing this living and people that we would just love to collaborate with. So now we're finally able to like, okay. Finally, we wanted to work with this person, but now we can afford to mm-hmm. fly them, right. pay for their hotel, feed them for the whole four days they're here or wow. however many days they're here, yeah. get them a rental car or whatever they need. Yeah. And so finally, we're able to afford to start doing that kind of stuff. Whereas in our first few, several years, <clears throat> it was just us funding all of our projects from yeah. our own day job paychecks. And it was yeah. like, well, 
we're going to have to make this movie over the course of a year and a half because we're raising funds to go because mm-hmm. it's coming directly from our pocket. Yeah. So now we're able to, with the Indiegogo funds, we're able to do it all up front without us having to constantly save up our own paychecks to be like, okay, mm-hmm. we'll set aside this much money to make these movies. So now. Yeah, but that's required in the beginning. You know, put your yeah, own money in. In the beginning is necessary. But got it. Now, thankfully, people are like, I will give you money to make that. Actually, that's what helped us make Slash Lorette because I had no intentions of making it mm-hmm. because Paul's like, we should make it. And I was like, that's going to cost so much money. You have to rent a cabin for however many days and it has to be the same cabin. So you have to rent that and you have to house all the people and you have to feed them. And it's got to be a cabin in the woods. It can't just be in the city where we live. We have to clean so up the blood before we leave it's just so much it's yeah. just so much to consider and so i was like i will make it if we can raise the funds to pay for for the cabin the lodging and like all that stuff if we could raise the funds to do that up front then yeah. okay i'll yeah. do it and so we were able to do that up front we're like okay great so now i don't have to worry about how we're going to pay for all these cabins because we had the main one where we shot the film and then a neighbor a neighbored one that we rented for the cast to actually sleep in so we oh, kind of nice. like had two cabins going on yeah the evolution in production has it's super interesting yeah. it you can tell you can tell and this isn't a criticism of like <clears throat> smaller team not being able, able to uh produce as much quality but you can tell like when you look at huge budget productions you know it's like well, someone was focusing on making sure everyone was hydrated during this entire experience, and that was their only job, right? Like, if that <laughs> level of funding is available, it's like, yeah, this movie should be good. Like, there's no reason that this should right. fail yeah. because every like, if you have a resource to do every single thing, then yeah, great, it should be awesome. Yeah. So even hearing the description yeah. of like, I think those guys are mostly interns, though, John. <laughs> well, it's still a set of hands, right? Yeah. So, uh, but but going from a team of two yeah. to a team of four, like you're doubling your muscle, right? So being able to say like, okay, cool. Now I can like focus on making sure that this scene's nailed, or now I can focus on having a conversation with this individual to make sure that this this is being done in this way. Also, not a filmmaker, I yeah, just film my kid hit off a tee <laughs> while she plays tee ball, and that's about it. But uh, I can imagine <laughs> that like that would be the case, and the outcome, like the product, like Murder Size for sure is. For for us, the best the best thing that you guys have made, I, I think, and yeah. I think it, it shows for sure. Oh, thank you, thank, thank you, man. I, well, it's like it's it's cool talking to you guys because you can see the evolution when you watch them. You know, yeah. um, how things progress and get better, and like this one, like John said, it's a culmination of all these things now coming together and just working perfectly. Yeah, love it. We cool. we Thank were you. curious. Music. I so love much. your guys' soundtracks as well. The oh, scores you that you guys are so good. I'm like fist pumping. Oh, yeah. Shit yeah, yeah, shout it. out to the Grind Theory. He's, he's been with us for since Streets of Vengeance. Is that who it is? And this, Grind Theory. This Murder Size. He, he took over the soundtrack for for Murder Size. He has like maybe seven tracks, I think, on this one. So he really brought it, man. He's he's great. Who does the yes. so the initial title track? Like when the credits start rolling, there's like that like eighties credits sound, yeah. And it like oh, it, oh oh at the very beginning no the, at the at the like end in the gym at the end of murder oh, the end. yeah oh that's total total wolf okay yeah they are awesome I think they're from Canada I believe and uh, yeah they totally captured that it was perfect uh, great eighties yeah. hair metal yeah it, oh yeah awesome awesome love those guys yeah no that was so good. 
what about uh distribution would love to talk about this for a minute so yeah out of out of curiosity so it is the perspective like as a person that's played music for a long time i look at things like spotify and for an indie artist on spotify it's like this is a really hard effing way to make a living, right? You get like a portion of a penny if mm-hmm. one person listens to 60% of a song or whatever, whatever the metric is. Is yeah. a, as an indie filmmaker, is it the same thing? Is it like this sucks because we can't capture there, you can't make a living uh, based off of like distribution in this way. Or is it like, this is amazing because it's getting this movie in front of people that never would have known it existed and never would have seen it. Uh, never would have streamed it so is it like is it a necessary evil or is it not even an evil in your eyes at all it's like this is just a great thing or i guess what's the perspective on that no i don't see yeah i don't see the the digital streaming as a as an evil at all i actually really like um we go through film hub uh for our our first three movies think of the mile shoot vengeance slash our party and i gotta tell you uh we actually see money from from film hub that's great for the first time for the very first time because we had distribution for sink of the mile slash rep party and i maybe it's me uh, oh i'm sorry streets of vengeance and uh, it might be controversial for some to hear but i mean physical distribution companies are known for not paying at all and yeah. i can attest that is true never and, uh, <laughs> never but the, the 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 um the allure or i guess the uh the, the trade-off of having like a full blu-ray of your movie and then put into stores and then put into like retail online retail stores and seen on the shelf at barnes and noble i mean that was great for us because we were making movies that only cost like you know maybe four thousand dollars at the most i think i think our budget for Street of vengeance uh, altogether was like four or five thousand dollars um so that wasn't really that bad you know we, i mean it was our own money and we raised a little bit on an indiegogo so it was fine so to have that you know, to see that uh, on yeah. the shelves, that was great. And then it just, after a while, it's like, well, we just saw share party. We didn't want to sign with anyone else because we knew we would never see anything. So we tried to do it on our own, make our own Blu-rays, sell it on our Etsy store, and then get it onto, you know, streaming. Yeah. And that has been the best uh, model for us to do it yourself. But things have evolved over time. So when we first started do- doing this, it-, it was years ago. It was before streaming. Yeah, there was no film there hub. There was no yeah. film hub. There was not, streaming wasn't really a thing. So our first couple of projects, like we said about Sick of the Mile, it's like we never thought anyone would see it. So mm-hmm. the fact that somebody said, we'll distribute this for you, we're like, yeah. hell yeah. That means anyone who sees this it's going to be because of them not right. because of us because we didn't have a following it didn't have yeah, they'll anything. pick it up because there, of the cover there was no social media like really not yeah. not like it is today when yeah. we when we first started so at that time it was really enticing to just sign it over sign the project over to a mm-hmm. distribution company so we did that with single mile and we expected it to not do well because we're like yeah we didn't really we weren't really good so i don't expect it to do well <laughs> but it made it into stores and we're like what the yeah, oh my god like, surreal. it showed up on like best buy and target website and oh we're like this god. is insane like yeah, we saw a copy insane. of it in barnes and noble and we're like, like this was a joke and now it's in barnes and noble yeah, like wow. what? Yeah. it was crazy i mean nobody bought it but it was still in the store and that was really <laughs> crazy to us for mm-hmm. our first feature yeah. out the gate to move into barnes and that's noble. such a cool thing i though. think we're getting like fans i hate to say that sounds stupid but there's people that want to see supporters of ours that were like i don't want a copy of streets of vengeance and can i buy it from you and we were like we don't 
own it anymore. We signed it over to a distribution company, so you have to buy it through mm-hmm. them now. Not we don't have we don't we're not making them. We can't do it. So is there an end to then that? We're like, sorry, huh? But is there an end to that, or is it indefinite? It's, no, end. definitely end. Actually, uh, uh, funny you bring that up. Lush. Well, no, no, this is not a secret. All of films okay. just recently <laughs> said that they are no longer in business. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that they put out a, a okay. you know, a message on their website like you cannot buy any all films, and that's who we were with all of films. Yeah. So, like Streets of Vengeance, you can't find that anymore, anywhere. Uh, Cinco de Mile, I think there's like two copies left on Amazon, maybe Blu-rays, Blu-rays right? You so, and well, then so of course there are other movies in their catalog. You can't find them, so it's done. Like they're done. But that's back. Our, so you you have your intellectual property back now, right? Right. So we're cool. which we didn't even we weren't aware of. We weren't aware of. But that's what we're currently looking into. Is like, okay, so are we like in the free and clear? Because if so, we can kick, kick those into our into production and pr- produce them ourselves, yeah. distribute it ourselves, the physical copies. Yeah, we're we'll probably just make our own edition. So that's what we evolved into with Slash Web Party. We're like, mm-hmm. okay, let's take all the control back. Let's. Yeah, that was our first real do it yourself. Stream it ourselves. Did the Blu-rays. We'll make our own Blu-rays. We'll make DVDs, our own. We'll make our own everything. VHS tapes. We'll control it. Yeah. And that process has been so rewarding because yeah. we get to communicate directly to the people who want to see the movie yeah. Yeah. to the people who are like i want it i streamed it and i loved it can i buy a copy of it i just i just sold one today so oh, <laughs> it's crazy it's, it's still it's still going unless unless someone comes with a really good offer which we haven't we have seen not, yet uh, we're gonna do yeah we're gonna do murder size on our own slash well. lorette party there was oh. so many distribution companies that were yeah. offering us deals left and right but they're like we have to recoup ten five thousand ten thousand dollars first, and then after that, then you get twenty percent, and we get eighty percent. We're like, so basically, never. You're basically saying you'll never recoup that money, and if we'll you do, anything. we'll still get twenty percent of your yeah. five dollars or something. Yeah, so, so we're like, no, nah, no, no, like no, so. No. In short, Film Hub, godsend. It it is so interesting though. I feel like the jig is up on the large like. I feel like the large, large, large corporation, large, large, large production will be there likely forever. But even if you look at, and I keep doing parallels with the music industry just because that's something I like, I understand more and I've participated in the idea of like record labels, they're still there. The big ones are going to be there forever, but so many of the mid, mid to small size go away because of this records. Yeah. It's like, no, you've been screwing everyone forever. Yes. And now, yes. guess what, guys? We have the ability to produce from home in a way we never have before. So we don't need you anymore. Advertise. And by the way, yeah, we're bro. good at marketing on our own. So fuck off. Yep. Like, I'm going to do yep. the whole thing. Yep. Exactly. And I don't need you. That. Thank you. Thank you. Exactly. That's exactly. That's exactly where we're at right now. So distribution yeah. companies yeah. take notes. So Come offering us the 10% slice of our <laughs> product that we made. Yeah, that's, yeah, they're, uh, that's they're, wild. They're grifters. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, they've and always then, been. It's funny it's because even in because- even in small small circles of music or movies, like you still have those same little scummy characters around that are like yes. trying to make you sell and tickets and stuff you. to shows. It's like get out of here. Why are you yes, wearing a fedora? It's ninety eight degrees outside. <laughs> yeah. 
you're exactly. 98 pounds. They're trying to guilt you with the like, well, we got to make some money. It's like, why do I care about you? Like, yeah, I don't. We did all the work. You're supposed to be helping me. I'm here. I'm helping yeah. you. I want to get into murder size. But first, I want to talk about Drew Marvick, uh, how you guys got in with Drew, because we are big Drew fans. We already mentioned he was on the show. Yeah. Uh, we fell in love with the guy. He's a amazing character, social media presence. But you guys, now he's in at least three of your movies, right? Um, or two. He's in, he's in two, but we have a third one already planned. Okay. For him, oh, right. even better. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yeah so we love him. Yes. How did Boy. you guys get in with him? It was on the convention circuit. Yeah. Yeah. He, there was a, there's a convention here near us in Sacramento called the sinister con. And he was on his tour, basically promoting pool party massacre. And uh, he came to our, you know, to this con. Uh, we kind of know each other just on social media, you know, me seeing Pool Party Massacre and him seeing Streets of Vengeance. And he just reached out to me on social media, just asked if uh, we wanted to maybe share part of his uh, his uh, table with him. And to, if we can bring someone from uh, from Streets of Vengeance to come help sell some uh, merchandise. So we brought Crystal Shea. She's in Murder Size as well. Um, we, we met her up there, Andrew, and, uh, we had some of our Streets of Vengeance merch t-shirts and VHS tapes, and we met Drew for the first time and, uh, he's super cool, super cool. We traded yeah. tapes. He gave me a pool party massacre tape, gave him a Streets of Vengeance tape. Um, we just talked about movies and just talked about the grind of just being independent filmmakers. He taught us all about, you know, his going to conventions from town to town, state to state with him and his son. Yeah. And um, just telling us stories, you know, and like, you know, how Pool Party Massacre is like his baby and all that, like that. He he taught it, or he taught me at least how to see your project and like to really love it and to like push it as far as you can. Nurture it. And yeah. uh, that was really inspiring um, to hear that from Drew. And so yeah. we just really hit it off and we we're like, man, we got to put you in something. We got to well, write yeah, something for you. I was going to say, it's interesting because we met as filmmakers. So we knew him as a filmmaker first. So we collabed as a as directors writers of our own projects but i mean you've met him he's so mm -hmm. charismatic he's yeah. hilarious and he's just instantly lovable so we were just like this guy needs to be like even more in in more movies and yeah. i know he was already cameoing and, and stuff yeah, but, but we only saw him in pool party massacre that's the only thing we, we had known him at that time yeah so we're like we gotta get this guy in like more movies because he is too hilarious yeah he was so funny at pool party oh man so yeah, uh, we had already yeah. been toying with the nice. idea of making Slash Lorette Party a, a feature, and we were like, oh, if we made him one of the killers, because mm -hmm. we had already had someone else cast, and we're like, let's make them brothers mm -hmm. and bring him in, and that'll change the whole dynamic, and we can make it funny. Yeah. And yeah, so then that kind of snowballed from there, and now... Yeah. Now we work together as director and he's an actor, even though he's also a filmmaker, Right. but he's heavy on the conventions and as an actor at the moment. But I know a lot of people are, can't wait to see him to start making his own projects again too. Yeah. He's a busy yeah. guy. So, yeah, so we had dynamic, it. So again, murder size. I started writing a script. And I was like, Oh, Drew, we got to put yeah, Drew in there. He's gotta he, be in it. So now it pretty much it. I wrote, I wrote three scripts or I finished three scripts in 2021. Um, and they all have a, a role for Drew. Yes. So I was like, hey, man, I'm sorry. I got like three scripts for you, dude. So yeah, we got to make a lot of movies together. <laughs> Murder Size is done. So now we got to go into the second one. And then there's a third one. And I'm writing a fourth one. So I heard Whoa. him say, I think it was on your podcast, that he'll do 
any movie we make. So I got a whole yeah. lot of that. Oh. <laughs> well, thank you for listening to that. We appreciate that. Well, that's what yeah, I yeah. love about this whole thing is like we wouldn't even be chatting with you right now if it wasn't for Drew and him mentioning Murder Size. And, yeah. and yeah. it's all snowballed here. So it's amazing. The titles no, that, I'm grateful for that remember when we were going through his IMDb, we're like, all right, you, it, there's like in progress on like 12 of these titles. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I don't even know what's on there. What's on there? And we were going through it. And one was like something about a bathtub, like shark, shark tub or something. Oh, yeah, he was something like, yeah. And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That shark one. Shark attack. Yeah. yeah. Just. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. He gets around. Yeah. Man. He's in everything. He's a hustler, man. Yeah. yeah. Hard worker. Yeah. yeah. So. And he's so fun on set. So everybody, yeah. everyone loves everybody him. Everybody falls in love, falls with, him, in love with him, mm-hmm. and then the, it becomes like, oh, the, okay, you guys are whatever. But where's Drew? Is he going to be in the movie? We'll do it. <laughs> Drew's in it. And we're like, okay, like he's the money. He's, the money, he's definitely the, the cool town man. campus. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, when you see him in Murder Size, you see why. Yeah. So yes. Let's talk yes. about. <laughs> let's talk about. Yeah, murder size in general uh this is this is the uh the the cream of the crop here so as so you said you wrote the script for this in 2021 yeah so like murder size in particular i wanted to had a goal of writing a really really fast script so i wrote it like in two months because i had other scripts that were taking like a year or maybe even more and i was like Fuck that. I got to finish these things. And then towards the end of the year, November, I was like, all right, let me throw in the third one just to see if I could do it right really really fast. And so Murder Size wrote it in 2021. And in 22, we started like slowly doing the pre-production. The marketing around the pre-production was great. Mm. Um, Thank you. Thank you. And I, I, Drew, I think is, Drew aside, like it was making it to us without without drew. drew yeah yeah but it was but on a radar we, yeah. yeah uh so the marketing Sweet. was yeah it was great um and like that's that's my like that's my thing it's like what i do for a living and i remember even saying to jamie i was like this is like this is like real deal stuff like they're crushing it on the marketing oh, around this yeah cool. uh, oh my god we appreciate that very yes, much yes that makes me so happy oh Definitely. thank you and 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 yeah. so many people in our our world and our sphere um I don't, I think we have come to this place in life now where we're like, we feel like we've created circles amongst ourselves. And if something's important to us that we feel like, oh, I've already set it up so that if something's important, I'll find out about it because it'll come to me, which is actually like an right. obnoxious philosophy, but <laughs> sort of like <laughs> what it is. Um, yeah, but sure. like that is fulfilled in the proof of concept here on, on what we're talking about. So you guys, I think crushed it on the, the marketing behind this. Thank you. Totally. Ah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And anyone you. who want to expand, you know, so yes. oh my yeah, but, I think you guys are on but, the right, the right path for sure. And if you, you, so if you love death spa, that's really the only workout eighties yeah. horror movie I can think of off the top of my head. I know there's more Kill, like workout. 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 Yeah. Uh, but, it's just like there's a niche for sure that's like I'm in without even knowing anything yeah. else about the movie, like just the cover. And like when Drew told me, yeah. even when he was like, it's exercise 80s, uh, like I was like, I'm all the way, I'm in already. I don't even know anything else. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah, because it's a small subgenre, you know, subgenre. And I, sure. I wasn't quite sure if people would really even remember death yeah. spa or remember killer workout or, or any, yeah. Or give a shit. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I'm pleasantly surprised. I'm surprised. I'm surprised how many people were like, I don't care what it is. I want to see it. Yeah. I'm like what? So, what? Yeah. That's so, crazy. Very grateful. Very grateful. Yeah. How, how long was production on it? How long did it take to film the movie? 
to, I mean, the actual filming was done in only like, I think principal production was like maybe five, five days, days or something. Oh, okay. Like five days, in, in, like a three day weekend and another, another weekend we went back to the studio. But then after that, you know, we started doing some pickups, stuff that we couldn't get. Um, so we went to down down to LA to shoot a little piece of Kansas bowling. She, she's she was uh, down there in the studio. Uh, we went to Lake Tahoe to shoot a little piece with Jessa, um, just to get another pickup shot. Um, we had like some effects uh, uh, people, uh, Lois Espinoza, who, who did the, the effects work at the end. I'm not gonna say what it is, Spoilers. but the, the chainsaw <laughs> scene. I'll just say the chainsaw scene. She did the the effects work for that, um, and then. Our cinematographer, he owns the studio that we shot in for Murder Size. So we would go in there periodically and just get a few, you know, pickup shots of like a TV screen or this yeah. and that. So it was all kind of put together just like, you know, whenever people had time, which is basically what happens when you're an indie film maker. You got to work with people's schedules and when can you get this yeah. person, when you get person around. Um, so it took about off and on. Um, like almost a year, basically, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you want to count like pre-production, I mean, that started like in March of 22. So, you know, like, yeah, basically, well, not officially, but that's when I started like trying to cast and stuff. So, I yeah. mean, it, it's just, it's just production of an indie film. Like I said, it's just kind of spread apart, you know, like it, like if you, when you're counting, when you're starting, like it, it, it it can um it can lengthen because people are like, well, I'm not available until here, or I'm still casting, I'm still looking for this person. Like, you know, a lot of people like like August when we shot with her, um, that was like a few months before we started shooting the the real chunk of the movie, you know. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like that's when she was available. So it was like, oh I'm because she's from Canada, August Kiss. She's the actress at the very, very beginning of the movie. She's Canadian and she was coming to California and she's like, Well, I'm I'm available at this time. And like, okay, well, we gotta put it together so yeah. we can shoot with her yeah. even though we're not ready for the principal photography we got to get this while she's here how much did uh slumber party massacre uh, um no I'm, not, I'm sorry sleepaway camp that's what i was thinking <laughs> uh play into the 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 main character's personality in in this i felt like uh or, oh, i'm yeah. sorry in sleepaway camp 2 is what more what i'm thinking Brand of. Two, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Subway Camp, too. Yeah, that's definitely a huge influence. Uh, Angela, you know, in that movie being, you know, the main character and, you know, and, you know, being the killer as well, Um, being annoying and like, you know, just pissing everybody off. (laughs) So I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. Like, I would like to see that again. Like, I haven't seen that in a while uh, in horror movies or or indie horror movies at all. So I thought that would be a very uh, interesting aspect to a character to have them um you know be like that and then and then to see if you could change it if the audience felt like you know she was like a a jerk or an asshole or whatever and you hated her maybe you can change it by the end where you know there's like uh, a, a switch yeah. oh i spoil anything but you know you know see yeah. if you can change people's maybe minds she can herself. right Red- yeah. redemption yeah. yeah i actually really like the way you handled uh her character because you could easily just make it where like she's uh, I'm, I don't want to get in a spoiler territory. You're creeping, man. Uh, yeah. You're getting close. Anyway, long Drew's story short, <laughs> I like what you did with her character uh, there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I think I know where you're going. And that's exactly what I was afraid of, too. Like, if yeah. you see, if you know Subway Camp 2, then you know what we're talking about. You know, a character can be very annoying, very grating on people's nerves, yeah. where, you know, you just like, uh, you know, you want them to die. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't, but Kansas is brilliant. Kansas is a genius. Kansas Bowling. Uh, we're so grateful that she came onto this project, and that was uh, 
you know, a last minute thing because we had someone else cast as our lead actress and um, something came up and they, they couldn't do it like a family situation. Um, so I reached out to Kansas and, you know, we never talked before. You know, we didn't, we never communicated before, but I knew of her, you know, I knew she, I knew her direct, her uh, directing work and acting work. And um, I just decided just to take a chance and see if she would be interested in something like this. I, I wasn't really sure. And she was, she really got it. She got the humor. Yeah. She just jumped right into to the role, anything that we asked her to do, whether it was, you know, dance crazy or like yell and scream or do cocaine, you know, fake cocaine, obviously, uh, whatever she needed, whatever we needed to do, she was like so game for it. But yeah, her performance is brilliant. Oh. You know, uh, I love it. Yeah. I love her chemistry with Nina uh, Lene Kent, uh, the mafia princess. Yeah. yeah. She did. So good. She's almost like an antagonist to kind of like continue to propel yeah. the story. Yeah. It's like she's not actually saying doing it but she's like hey have you basically it's like have you thought of using this as a weapon and it's just like and then there's an outcome moments later and it's just so funny how that continues to stack up and it's just like a series of reactions based off of little micro conversations that they're having oh yes yes bad influence um wild child yeah Yeah. we love nina she's a great actress and she's been in a few of our movies already and we just love working with her and we can't wait to keep on working with her again just like drew you know like yeah. she, she's just part of our family yeah i love her so was it so cool. uh working in a tight timeline like that like a, a five-day situation is it is it super tense on set or is it i mean i, I feel everyone was having fun. i had fun watching this movie and I feel like it would have been fun to make. So was it had to be more fun than stressful? It's, I'm sure it's both, but did like it, was chaos it, in the best way. Yeah. It, it's like being on Christmas break and like for some reason your mom signs up to take care of like all the cousins at your house and you're like, <laughs> it's chaos and it's yeah. like pizza at 3 a.m. and we're National breaking Lampoons, the yeah. on each other and yeah. we're like having everyone's off and doing their own things and these guys are doing video games and these guys are watching mm-hmm. a movie and these guys are doing... It's just like chaos, but at the end of it, you're like, oh my God, that was so fun. Even though the parents are like, Jesus Christ, like, why did we do that? Yeah, (laughs) That was so exhausting. (laughs) Well, even more so because like I said, the, 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 the cinematographer, Carlos and his girlfriend, Gabby, you know, they own that studio. So that's like their place. So when we brought all of our people in there and all the chaos, they had never been around anything like that before. And I thought, oh, I don't want to impose. I don't want to, you know, I want to make sure they're okay. But, you know, we had a lot of food, a lot of homemade food um, there. Everyone was eating, having fun, dressing up and doing bloody effects and everything. So everyone had a great time. And then at the end of it, Carlos and Gabby were like, oh, man, we missed you guys. Like, like it's so Mm. quiet and and lonely in the studio now that that no one's there. Like, no life is there. It was so lively. There was constantly something fun going on, whether it was Constantly laughing filming mm. um people love to sit around and watch each other shoot their scenes so that was super fun for a lot of oh, people yeah. they love to cheer each other on when each other was doing their scenes oh, yeah. and then if not in between breaks some people would step outside and it'd be like little groups of people that are out there doing tiktok challenges mm. and then they're <laughs> out there like eating and their yeah. costumes and it was just so fun it was really overall fun. even though it is chaotic and a lot to keep track of as, as the as the directors of the project, mm-hmm. keeping track of them all is crazy. It's yeah. like, you know, like a summer camp and you're like, okay, is everyone still alive? Are they okay? Are they dead? Mm-hmm. Are they hungry? <laughs> like, are they good? Are they happy? Are they having a good time? If everything's going yeah. smoothly, that's, yeah. that's our overall goal. It's like, we want everything to be smooth. And in the end, 
the ultimate goal is to make a project for people that that uh, audiences will enjoy and the mm-hmm. cast themselves had a kick-ass time making it oh, yeah. so that is our ultimate goal yeah there's never any fights or anything like that never. On our it's never or blow-ups it's or, never yeah. awkward that's or, great. or tense or anything and that does happen God. for other people i've, I've heard we've yeah. heard a lot of stories I've from seen other yeah. people but like we were saying earlier that's why when we're making the selection of who we're working with we're really cautious about who are we bringing in? Because the vibes have to be good. We're mm. going to be stuck with each other all day for sure. five days or however many days. And we don't want anybody coming in rude or yeah. aggressive or any, anything crazy. Yeah. So yeah. it's got to bet them. Yeah. And of course you never know. There's still people that like, you're like find out later that <laughs> oh, they're yeah. weird or crazy. Yeah. And you're like, what? Definitely shouldn't whoa. have been on the horror dads podcast. It Those fucking guys are weird. <laughs> No, that's, that's no. We've we've heard similar stuff, and I think when we were talking to Josh Rubin, we had him on the show, and he was just talking about how important the chemistry is and the casting, and uh, getting the right people, and making sure that there's good sensibility, and everyone treats each other with mutual respect, and he is, is said going he to interviewed have fun. Everybody like would call them and interview them before. Yeah. yeah, and he was like, "How do you like to be directed, and who do you want?" To mm-hmm. be the actor, like, yeah, because they were filming in a remote location similar to what you guys do, yeah. So they yeah. were like, and it was during COVID, so they were stuck together. So he was like, I want to make sure everybody's comfortable. Uh, he invited, yeah, he had yeah. them recommend actors that they were comfortable with working. Yeah. So, like, it was, yeah, it seems very similar to what you guys yeah. have going on. Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah, it's true. And then the fun thing also is when you're doing something so niche like these mm-hmm. genres that we do. I'm I'm the one that does all their wardrobe and their mm-hmm. costuming. So a lot of times they already know what they're wearing in advance and the girls in particular get to bond really quickly over that. Yeah. So they love getting to meet each other and they're like, Oh my god, your outfit, your outfit. Oh my god, uh, let's do let's do an Instagram. Let's do an Instagram <laughs> live. And they immediately like sync up together and yeah. Uh, I I love that. So they yeah. bond right away, and that bonding process for them, and them going through the process of just being on an indie film set, um, endears them to each other right yeah. away, which lends itself to their performances because they start feeling like, okay, these people are cool. It's yeah. fun. I can I can get crazy with my performance. I can mm. really let go and like scream and get crazy because i'm i'm willing to go there because these people make me feel comfortable yeah. yeah and that's what how we get the best performances out of some people especially when they have something crazy like jessa when the scene she has <laughs> where she's like losing her mind like she's felt free to let it rip because she felt comfortable she felt confident mm-hmm. and ultimately that just works out for the audiences Stays when off. they get to watch yeah. that scene they're like oh my gosh this is awesome yeah, she <laughs> she's <her>. crazy <laughs> i love it so we talked through uh the evolution of your filmmaking process and some of the evolution of the distribution so what's what's the timeline what's the process what's to be expected for distribution of murder size where can people find it now and uh i guess uh we talked a little bit about it but um let's let's yeah. let's hit on some of that so Murder Size right now is uh, up for, you can rent it, uh, New Village Video. It's an indie platform uh, that specializes in obviously showcasing indie films. Um, they're great. Uh, again, they also are great with pay. They're up front and with the percentages and what you get. So any filmmakers you want, you know, to get some transactional um, money or have people like pay to watch your, your film and stuff like that. I would definitely recommend New Village Video. They're awesome. Uh, Larry's a great guy. 
Uh, he was recommended by another filmmaker, friend Christopher Bickle. Uh, so we're doing that right now. And right now I am preparing to um, submit it to Film Hub so it can be uh, on streaming platforms, you know, the more like, you know, uh, advertisement like um, Tubi and Amazon Prime, Plex, um, yeah. you know, Apple TV, stuff like that. That process usually takes like a month or two. Yeah, it, it depends. It could take two months, you know, it, yeah. for it to actually appear on the platforms. So it's in the process of uploading for those platforms right now. So yeah. in between that time, people can rent it if they mm-hmm. don't want to wait. Right. Nice. If you want to, yeah, wait for the for the free streaming services, you can rent it. Um, and also we are still uh, offering pre-orders for the physical copies through Ooh. our original Indiegogo link, um, we unfortunately we ran out of the signed Blu-rays, but we are selling like unsigned Blu-rays and posters, stuff like that. Um, and then once uh, the those Indiegogo perks have been um, fulfilled, we'll start selling on our own Etsy store the way we sell Slash Alert Party. Oh, nice. Awesome. And uh, yeah, so plug your outlets a little bit here. So you've got an Etsy shop so people can head there. Um, primary social media channel for you guys is that instagram yeah instagram ap film a underscore p underscore films uh, that's mostly where we are uh, most of our reach course, facebook paul ragsdale uh, a and p productions as well if you want to reach out to me or send me a message um and we we do have a well i would say the threads the new thing that the instagram put yeah, out was like, trying I, to learn and we're like am i on twitter uh, What's happening? yeah instagram's yeah. the best way yeah, yeah. All right, so before we get going here, I wanted to I Paul, I thought I was going to really impress you earlier with my because I fucking knew that you love Dress to Kill. I knew it. So I was like yeah. when I saw Streets of Vengeance, I was like this is fucking Dress to this is like it can't be. And then when you brought it up, I was like Fuck yes. I felt the wind of his head <laughs> nodding after you said yeah. Dress to Kill. Oh, I yeah. felt like I was like, "Oh, it's getting cooler in here." Yeah. Like I just felt like I was like, yeah. I don't know if you saw me smiling over here uh, because I just felt so self-vindicated uh, because I also oh, love yeah. that movie. And I, again, yes. I didn't know what your inspirations were because we had never met. And now it just makes total yeah. sense. So are you, oh, yeah. Paul, are you impressed? Oh, yeah. All right. I know there you are, go, Paul. Jamie, there yeah. we are. That was, the, that was the most <laughs> like, <laughs> sure, sure I am. Oh, yeah. No, not for sure. Who Actually, um, I don't know if you know, um, because Ginger Lynn, she's in the movie, but that that wasn't originally planned. She did a movie, an adult film called New Wave Hookers. And the cover is, I thought was just so cool, yeah. so iconic. It's up there somewhere. And um, I always thought like, oh, this would be cool if this movie was not a porn film, but instead if it was like a, a thriller mm-hmm. directed by Brian De Palma. And I always thought, oh, something like Dress to Kill or Body Double, you know, like yes. something like that. Yeah. So that was like yeah. the initial inspiration, like right before I started writing it. So, yeah. So the fact that, that you picked up on Dress to Kill, there's not that too many people. Like I have another friend. He's really into giallo yeah. films. Which Dress to Kill is very, very much, American yeah. giallo film. So that, and that's what Streets of Vengeance is with the whole razor blades and the, the leather gloves and everything. Yeah. So that's really cool. That's really cool with that. Uh, that you knew about that you knew just to kill the one it's person like, fuck everybody oh, yeah. else it was me oh yeah <laughs> well, that's cool man Amazing. that's awesome uh well angie <laughs> paul we're we're so thrilled that you guys joined us you guys are awesome uh you're gonna have great success oh, with this movie and 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 more to come i can't wait to see what's next honestly yeah and if you uh if you need a filming location in uh youngstown ohio there's a lot of vacant real estate around here yeah we can probably there's look bowling alleys 
Yeah. Yeah. You got bowling alley. Oh yeah, really? Oh my god. So if you god. got a bowling alley, you know script, dude. Yeah. I have to talk to Adriana. Adriana the, who plays Nikki in, in, in uh, Murder Size. She she has an idea for a bowling alley horror movie. Oh so. shit. Right. Yeah. Youngstown. Yeah. I mean Hell yeah. I have to keep that. Yeah. Okay, wheels are too- Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they should be. We'll, we'll keep in touch on this. But thank you yeah. so much. This was amazing. And we appreciate you guys. <laughs>